Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Good morning. Morning. Planes are flying. Where are they going? Your brain is creating thoughts. Where is it going? We often are too interested in where things are going as opposed to where are we? Where are you? Some of us get quite frustrated because we're not where we wish that we were. Some of us are very frustrated that after all this effort, I'm still not feeling free. Damn it. <laughs> Very popular to get discouraged to see a life of practice as a transaction. If I do this, I want to get that. Ever feel like that? As opposed to just doing, because that's what needs to be done. Someone very recently said to me that, wow, this is like, oh, this is hard. It's intense. And to me, that is true. If we're actually practicing, it is challenging. And if it's not, we're usually just kind of drifting around in our thoughts, following where that plane, oh, where is that plane going? Cancun. I'd like to go to Cancun. I was once in Cancun. <laughs> oh no, maybe it's going to California. I love California. Oh, it reminds me, I have to send an email. Never do that. Start to like careen out of where you are. So easy. 
in the Genjo koan that I've been talking about, Dogen's piece on the koan of everyday life, because also people are always asking, well, is this practice really just for monks or like, what's the deal? And the answer is, no, it's not just for monks, it's for the memets of the world and everybody else. Shinkos of the world. The cat broadways of the world. He says, when you see forms or hear sounds, fully engage body and mind. So if when you see things and you hear things, fully engage so that you don't get swept away. Oh, wow. Whatever that's up. That's very clear. Fully engage. That's what I love about this practice is asking us to fully engage, not in what we think about anything. Who cares what you think about it? We often care too much what we think about everything, in particular, how we're being experienced, how we're not being experienced, how we want to be experienced. He says, you grasp things directly. Be direct. Experience things directly. These days, I've been hearing so many opinions about things that many people have never even experienced. Ever had a lot of opinions about things you've never experienced? or places in the world that you've never been to and be kind of sure we're like what should be going on there there's a lot of that these days and i think for the last you know couple thousand years lots of strong opinions how do you grasp what's direct what you're actually experiencing. Heartache, confusion, stuckness, frustration, joy, exuberance, whatever. Direct, what's your direct experience with that? Ever walk into a room and still like be planning Scheming. I have. It's boring. Because <laughs> you're actually not really there. You're not really experiencing. You're just like trying to come in with your plan. 
or wanting a certain outcome of this interaction. To me, this practice is just like, are you here? And Dogen's so cool. So then he says, this is unlike things and their reflections in the mirror. So just to be clear, like being direct experience with things is unlike, it's not like reflections in a mirror. And it's also unlike the moon when it's reflected in water. Or, he says, when one side is illuminated and the other side dark. So clear. This is not like when you think you're right about something. Ever feel that? Ever gotten righteous about something? Also very popular. I'm good, you're bad, I'm I'm clear, you're not clear. When one side is illuminated, the other side is dark, and saying it's not that. That's why we have to work hard. No, uh, real meditation practice is serious. Serious. We don't want to put serious on top of that. This doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy your life and have fun. Have play and joy. And yet, it's serious because so, so that we can actually experience play and joy. Without it feeling something else. And then he famously says, to study the self is to forget the self. This is one of his most famous teachings, embedded in this. So you have to know your bullshit. You have to know your patterns. You have to, to me, this is the workout. This is the energy that's needed to have a sense of rigor, loving rigor, tender rigor, and yet rigor. Like you have to really know your, where you're falling back into a rut. Where we often plateau or get defensive. How do you study that? Like what's, yeah, what's that? What's my deal? I'm doing that thing again. And how do I do something different? To forget the self is to be actualized by the myriad things. So when we, 
but we most of us want to jump to that like i'm just done with my bullshit i just want to like feel good and that's why like most people come to meditation practice are so freaking disappointed because it's so hard like i wanted to be like namaste you know like just to feel good and of course we want to feel good feels good to feel good but we often cheapen what truly feels good when we actually experience ourselves as the myriad things as part of life itself but what he's saying is that you are actualized by allowing life in not trying to control it or manipulate it or to say aren't i a good boy or a good person anyone ever try to do that like try to be approved of just a few get back to that non-lying precept Yeah, so he's saying like just like learning how to set it down like forgetting the self is you don't have to worry like it'll come back our insatiable craving of our self-centeredness will come back and learning how to set it down Learn how to set it down so that you can actually be changed by the myriad things, which is just everything. Smell, light, but still our direct experience, not some idea. So important. And then he says, when actualized by myriad things, your body and mind, as well as the bodies and minds of others, drop away. So you experience a sense of interconnectedness. Sometimes that's called flow. Like when you just feel like you're in the flow of things. This often happens on session and our retreats. Like after a couple of days when everyone's still like, I don't like this, why am I here? And then they just like, oh, I'm just here. When we finally set it down and then everyone just gets up together and we sit down together and we have this experience. Of that. That's why session is so important. Nice little plug there for the session in January. <laughs> right, Chinko? <laughs> Thank you. 
we'll, we don't want Annie Huntley to be alone at that session. So please join her. And when he says, when this, when we experience that, then he says, there's no trace of realization remains. This no trace continues endlessly. So it's not about, look at what I've done. I've been sitting for 10 years. I've been sitting for two hours. I've been saying, like, aren't I cool? Or like what I used to do, which was such an ass. And I would just like go around and like go to parties and be like, yeah, I'm Buddhist. <laughs> Meditate. But I was like so cool. I was like using it as like a merit badge, you know, like then like the Boy Scouts or something have like those badges. See the beads? I even got the, you know, the stuff. There is something sweet about that too. That kind of exuberance. But it's not the real thing, at least in my experience, of myself. Because really what happens over time is like really learning how to, for me, to just practice because it's that's what you do. Because it's hard because it's important. And once you realize it's not about achieving anything, suddenly, in my experience, so many things open up. Usually the barrier that we're gonna keep meeting, where we feel stuck or we feel frustrated, it's oftentimes, at least from my experience, because we're trying to do and be something. And he's like this, once we do this and we just allow that experience, no trace continues endlessly. We're just like part of the world. Hanging out. Seeing how the, our friend downstairs at the door, how's he doing? Or the struggle of trying to find a place for his parents. Like ordinary stuff just flowing with it. He says, when you first seek Dharma, you imagine you are far away from it. You still have this idea of like, ooh, like, or like whatever, and we think that this great, big change is so far away.
see. I love that, you know, he wrote this 800 years ago. <laughs> it's like the same deal. Same deal. Our same crazy shit in our mind. And he, he, to me, it feels genuine when he says these things because you can feel that like he also had that experience. When he was like seeking and practicing at Mount Hiei and at all these different places. Feeling like it was far away. And it's so sweet. Then he says, but Dharma is already correct, correctly transmitted right now. There is nothing that you don't have. Right now. Nick? You are immediately your original self. From the beginning. It's just like we have to learn how to take the barnacles off and all the gunk off, which is just a constant daily practice. And at least in my experience, for a long time, there's just a lot of gunk in the beginning. Like a ton. And it takes like a lot of like, oh, the first 20 years for me were like the hardest. I had to get really muscular about the practice. Really struggled. It was painful many times. And actually, I used to, many times, used to hate it. I would go to sessions and just like, can't wait to be, for it to be over. The beginning of a five-week retreat. And that's like a hell realm. Like I would go there and be like, I'm just gonna get through this. And it is so sad to burn through that is really important. To burn through, like, what are we doing? To really see that. But to me, I'm still grateful for those, in particular, those first good 20 years. Because I felt like that even the huge frustration and disappointments I experienced, if I didn't experience them, I would have bypassed them. And I needed to experience them thoroughly. 
So to be grateful for your disappointment and your struggle. Through your feeling of like, what? I'm doing this for a while and like, how come I don't feel better? To be grateful that you have something to support you, to help you. Feel that. It is a true gift. You know, today we also honor Roshi Bernie Tetsuken Glassman's death four years ago yesterday. And his legacy, really, in many ways, is social engagement. His really commitment to going to places of suffering and listening. So went on many retreats with him for many years. Particularly in the Auschwitz Bear Canal retreat, where we used, we used to back in the day stay in the in the barracks themselves for a week in November when it used to be cold in November. Remember that snow often, and sit outside on the train tracks. His commitment to that, to saying like, this is we have to sit there. for a long time. Not a quick, and you see like tours coming in and out. It's a very different thing. Staying. And the, the trusting that wisdom and compassion comes from learning how to stay with suffering, with our suffering which is, of course, how we connect to the world. To not turn away from our own suffering so that we can actually see that suffering exists everywhere. So grateful to him. I'm so grateful to practice with you all.